Test, test. What's up, guys? Sean here. Call Chumahan Bowen. Calling Chumahan Bowen. Mobile. If you don't know, we typically record the Hard Luck Show on Saturdays and then roll them out during the week. But back on July 10th, we canceled our recording at the bunker because Lucky had to go to his grandson's birthday. And, you know, family always comes first, so nothing new there. Hello? 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 What's up? Hey, man, I gotta hire you first, guy. <laughs> um, can I send you, like, a link so we can link up online and I can record what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Send me the link. All right. Okay. All right. Later. But I'm calling up Chumahan to go over some production for the show. We got an awesome opportunity from Bobby Tribal down in San Diego. And so Chu and I went down there for the day, like a day trip. And we recorded a ton of audio. I mean, a ton, like 15, 16 separate little clips, interviews, what have you. And I really didn't even know where to start with this stuff. So, so I called up Chu to see what approach we wanted to go with. Um, so, uh, I got, we got a bunch of stuff for the SD show. Did you actually listen to it? I did a little bit just to label it. Cause yeah. I, I got a lot of parts and pieces. Yeah. Lots of parts and pieces. What did you think? Scraps and squiggles. You think we should do it linearly? Like <sighs> the first one, like when we get there, play that piece and then, you know, the next piece and next piece. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to do a description of what the event actually is? Yeah, I do. Uh, well, the event. You know what happened was I went down to have lunch with Bobby Tribal and I was in his fucking office with all the cool fucking shit that Bobby has. He's also got this massive wall of fucking monitors and we're sitting there talking about the fake Indian dude. And he goes, hey, does the Hard Luck Show want to come down to San Diego's finest little rider display July 10? And I said, what fuck? What's that? I hadn't heard of it. He said there was going to be like three warehouses, three DJs, three uh, like different I don't know what you call it, lowrider, you know, halls of justice, you know, like the Justice League, different cars with different things and all this food and the food trucks and the people are going to be there. And he was like, yeah, we want the hard luck show to come down and cover that. You know what I mean? Boots on the ground, journalism right there in the thick of things in the heat of battle. So I said, uh, all right, uh, knowing full well that I was going to have to go into full convince mode with old blue eyes because of, <laughs> of the last time we went down to San Diego. And that was what it was. Um, they had Mike Giant, displays by Gain One, Pursue One, Dice One, Press One. Everybody except Mike Giant's got one in their name. And then uh, they had DJ Sense by Funk Freaks, DJ Artistic. And I don't know who that was, if it was DJ Inform or DJ Plastic. Who was the guy that gave us, gave us a pound when I came up and he, he, he like 
recognized us. And I don't know, he's probably like a huge Hard Luck Show fan. But when you and I walked up, he was like, hey. And all those dudes that were around were kind of like, whoa. And we were like, yeah, man. And then later we walked away and I was like, who was that? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> so it was a cool show. And then he, he gave us in one of the warehouses, there was like an upper room where they usually skin human people and make saddlebags out of them. And he gave us that room to like do our show out of that. Then we walked the floor. Right. All right. And then who's the, who's the first, who was it the photographer guy? The detail dude outside. Right. Who said he didn't own a car. Right. He had like a rag, man. And he was like, popping it on the fucking bumper and fucking, you know, he's talking about it was like a sweet ride and it's inspiring. And I think he said he'd been on like the straight and narrow for like at least how long, a year. How long does it take to become good at detail? I started just on my own. Yeah. Like I, I, I started doing my own cars. So I, I, I'm not in it for the money because mm. I, I got my regular job. I do this on a passion. I love working on cleaning cars. I love the way they look when I get done, you know. Once I get done with it, I'm happy with it. And I won't leave a car until I'm satisfied with it. What do you do regular job? I do landscaping. Landscaping. And then do you actually, who do they call you? How do they contact you to do your job? I got little cards. Yeah, well, let's take a look at one of the cards. We have a podcast, so we're just doing interviews and talking to folks. Lalo's Auto Detailing. Full detail. Ernie Martinez. and I named it after my brother, rest in peace, because he used to be a painter. And I always talk, you know, I always reminisce about that. If he kept painting and I would detail, we would come up. But, you know, we we come down from the, the uh, I'm going to be straight up. I, you know, I was in the DCs. Mm-hmm. But since I cleaned up, I started doing some other stuff. Like, I do this, you know. Got my little customers, like I said, I, I don't depend. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I'm not trying to get rich off of it. Yeah, I give out cheap prices and not because I just love doing it. Where did you learn how to detail on my own? Just on my own. Then I started picking up, you know, go to different people. I would talk to different people that detail, they started giving more ropes on it. It's like every car you do, you start learning more stuff on it, you know. What, what. Do you learn about cars by detailing them that you can't learn if you don't get that close to them? What have you learned? To me, I think it's the passion of the cars, man. It's like low riding. It's in the culture, you know. I, I give all these vatos props, you know, because um, instead of going into falling into some other shit, they focus on their cars and shit. Mm-hmm. Like the dude, I'm doing his car. I've done his car like three times. That's a loyal customer, and he's right there from the neighborhood. Right. So, I, you know, see him. And when I see them cruising, like right now, when we come back, we I see the cars. Dude, I know I did that one. And do you have a favorite car? Like, is there a body type or whatever that for you I'm, personally? To me, I'm more into imports. No shit. I'm into imports. What kind of imports? Like this. I, I, you know, I got this one. I've done little stuff to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm into imports. I love low riding. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I've always been into the imports. I had a Scion XB turfed out, fixed up and everything. You know, I have my share cars. But I tell my old lady, before I pass away or go to the next life, I want to give me a low rider. I want to give me one, man. But it, it's too much, too much dedication, too much money, dog. 
Yeah, you really gotta, you gotta really have it, and you gotta really be into you it. You gotta have that money, you know, right. somewhere to store it at, and you know, my focus right now is on my house, trying to get my house, you know, fixed up, and I got other priorities, man. Yeah, I hear that. When you start getting to that age, you have different priorities. <laughs> you're not a youngster That's no true. more, dude. You're not a youngster. Time is running out. Yeah, it's yeah. running out, homie. Yeah. And it's a shame that I didn't put this talent back in my younger days. I'm 63, homie, and I'm, I, I, I'm doing this. So I'm, I'm, I'm only good, like, for one car a day, homie. <laughs> and I only do it on the weekends. Yeah, but I mean, then again, maybe that's what makes a difference between a master and somebody that's just trying to pump out as many cars as they yeah. can. It's a different approach. Yeah. Right? I'm not a, I mean, I give props to Christopher Buffy. He's good. I don't take nothing away from him. He's mm-hmm. good, but he makes a living off of it. Like I said, I don't. I don't. There's a difference between making a living off it and do it because you, it's your passion. My thing is my, it's my passion. I love doing it. What kind of spiritual lessons can you get from truly detailing a car? Like when you're working on it, is there any spiritual lessons that you can get from it? That God has blessed me with a good, with some talent. I'm not a, you know, I'm not as bad person as I, when I was out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave me a talent and I put it to the waste. I, I don't waste the time on it. I, I, I put, God blessed me with something. He blessed me with something, only with the talent. Because I haven't had no complaints when I do a car or nothing. What kind of wisdom comes from cars? You got me on that one. <laughs> All right. What's you your got, name? My name is Ernie. Ernie, nice to meet you. Right. Tumahan. Tumahan? Yeah. Sean, okay. The Hard Luck Show. Okay. Then uh, we talked to those dudes from other car clubs or whoever they were. I think they were from Click, right? I don't know. They, did they have their shirts on yet? It was hard I to tell. They Maybe they did. Yeah. Dude, the one dude, dude had two cars. They weren't even in the show. They were just out front. What, what can right. you say about the kind of commitment it takes to have a real lowrider? Well, I mean, it, it, it varies. Not only is it just money, but, you know, commitment to your club, the loyalty, you know what I mean? And, and you have to have free time, you know, to show up to, uh, to events. So it's... It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. I mean, and your family, not, not only that, but your family also has to be on board because if you don't have your family, then it's, you know, it, you know we're all a whole family. So it, those are just all the parts that have to come together in order for, you know, but it's, it's an expensive uh, hobby, that's for sure. What car club uh, do you belong to? Click, uh, Click Car Club, San Diego. The one that's putting on the show with Tribal. Correct. Yeah. And that's uh, K L I Q U E, right? Correct. Uh, how long have you been in that car? Club? Uh, four years. Okay. And what is this event to the car club? Like, what what, what are we doing here? And what are you, what are you hoping to convey? What well, I think it's a <clears throat> it's also a um, obviously a, co- a collaboration with Tribal, um, Bobby Tribal, and then. Also, you know, an event for the community to come out and see what our culture is all about. And, you know, the cars, it's integrated into, you know, kind of like our, you know, our lifestyle. So, you know, it's, it's a positive lifestyle. It's not, it's not just that, that you know, bad uh, juju that, that carries. I mean, it's, you know, we, we do toy drives. We do a lot of other events. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's positive and it's, it's, it's a family thing. So... And being in a car club, I mean, <laughs> I said that what's it too. like being in a car club? Most people aren't ever going to be in a real car club. So what, what, 
what is it like? I mean, you guys have pancake breakfast on Saturdays. I mean, you know, it's 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 a family thing. I mean, it's 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 truly a family thing. You know, I mean, if we have, um, you know, if there's a tragedy in, in our own, you know, in our own families, we all come together and help out. We, you know, it's, it's, it's a family, you know, we, we do have lunches, we do have, um, you know, different gatherings just so that we can all come together. So it's, 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 it's a little bit of everything. Come here, Victor, come here, Victor. Come here, Victor. Come here, Victor. Bang afterwards. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and do you guys, um, where do you guys, where do car clubs actually meet on a regular? Do you guys have like a garage you go to or where do you go? Um, so what we do is we, we find, um, uh, we'll, we'll get together and sometimes um, we'll meet at each other's uh, houses or um, and that's where we hold our our, uh, our meetings um, we used to have a huge um, uh, we used to have our own clubhouse before um, yeah. so it was so it was, it was pretty big so that's where we would hold our events but you know we go sometimes we go to Victor's house sometimes we go to George's house I mean, it, it just it just depends how many members do you guys have? Oh, shit. right now about 20 20? Yeah. And are there dues? Like, you gotta pay dues? Yes, there is. Depending on what it is, is what you go in that month. Uh, they used to be 100 bucks a month. Now, since we don't have the clubhouse, they're 50 bucks, but we got an event, so come from pocket a little more, you know? And how did you guys get connected with Bobby Tribal? Uh, Bobby, we've just known for a long time, and, you know, it just kind of came together and did put the shit together. But, yeah, man, it just... Friends from a long time, you know. Yeah, and uh, um, and so how did this event come together with you and, and Tribal, like Click and Tribal? How did that develop? We fuck with Bobby a lot, man. So we got a really good relationship with him, and uh, they've been doing a lot of shit. Uh, he hasn't been able to have his uh, legacy show due right. to all this COVID bullshit. So you know, it was time we gave the streets a little something, you know. So, uh, we're opening back up. Got together and just said, hey. Put it together, come together. And are there bylaws when you're in a car club? Like, do you guys have bylaws and all that kind of stuff? Do you have a gavel? Do you swing a gavel? I'll be honest with you, man. Yeah. It's, just, it's just, it's a grown man sport, bro. You know, you yeah. know what you, obviously, you know, some cars got plaques, some don't. You know, the plaque is the cherry on top of the oh, ice cream. What? So when your car's finished, you get your plaque, you know, and in the meantime, you just got a nice ass car, you know. And, or you don't have a car. You're one of those that keep it in the shop until it's done. And when it comes out, it comes out with everything, you know. So it's a whole different. There's a little bit of flavor of everything, you know. So some street cars, me, some show cars. While you're working on your car, you don't have a plaque. You don't fly. And this is mine. I don't have a plaque. I took it down. Not because I was asked to, but I took it down. I just There's certain things that I feel aren't right with my car. You see the cars inside, and the ones we put out here, you know. So there's a big... There's levels to the shit. <laughs> right. Is there... Why don't you take us through your car right here? What kind of car are we looking at that's your car? 1957 Chevy Bel Air convertible. And what are what what kind of white is this? Uh, I honestly don't even know the color. It's the factory white. Um, and is that the original? All the inside, all original. Um, the car's been off the frame. It's got a uh, whole undercarriage done, all chrome, disc brake, ABS. Um, went through the motor. It's got stereo system. Only the, everything that needs to be done still is paint interior, but figured fuck it, still cruising for now. It's nice. It's all original still. You know, a lot of people can't say that. Right. <laughs> and how long, when you, when you first got it, what did it look like? It was all original. It had nothing 
original hubcaps. It came from an old man in Texas. Uh, buddy picked it up. Actually bought both of these. They were both his at the same time. And uh, time was right. Yeah. He ended up just letting go of one of them. And I picked it up, brother. Like, this car, he hadn't hit the streets with it. He had decided he was going to keep one stock and have one cut and do all the shit to it. And this was the one. He got it out and just said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of it. So, yeah. and what kind of music do you usually play when you're cruising? Funk, old school, rap, reggae. Depends on how high you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talk to the photographer, dude. Caesar. 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 Caesar, the nature photographer, but he was doing for an Instagram magazine called, it was called like Lowriders. It wasn't Lowrider magazine. He was very clear. With a Z. Yeah, he was like, hey. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm low And then you, me and you were like, oh, low right. Before we could even ask, are you shooting for low right? He's like, low riders with a Z on Instagram. Passionate guy. Love that guy. In California, yeah. we try to cover everything. We're coming from Indio, from Palm Springs area. Oh, yeah. We drove up this morning like at 4.30. Is right there on. a big low rider scene in India? There, there's old low rider school. Uh, really? Yeah, there's... Got generations and generations. It's not as big, obviously, as a big right. city, but oh yeah, there's there's quite a few down there. Um, but any excuse to get out of the heat, brother. Today's supposed to be 121 down there. Yeah, that's a heat wave. <laughs> keep keep our AC at home, bro. At 80, man. Yeah. And I sleep with a blanket. That's crazy. Yeah. 80 degrees. It's 80 cold. degrees in my house, bro. I ain't sleeping. I like sweating to the oldies on that. Oh yeah, no. Much. 80 80 is cool, man. So. Uh, how long have you been photographing low rides? Uh, five years. How did you get into it? My brother-in-law, the big guy walking around right now. He, he's probably outside now. He's wearing glasses, yeah. dressed in black. He's got a low rides t-shirt. Yeah. So he had a low rider when I, his sister's my wife. So when he was a little kid, he was on the low riders. In high school, he got into low riders. He was in a club. And so I do nature photography. I like shooting animals. Yeah. That's my deal. And uh, he's like, hey, dude, try shooting cars. And so I figured, why not? And so that's, I just, I, I really basically shoot whatever. I go to Mexico and cover bands that perform in Mexico City. Oh, yeah, bro. That's Before awesome. the pandemic, I was out there at least twice a year. How hard is it to make a go of it as a photographer these days, or is it actually easier? There's a lot of competition, and it's not easy. And it's not easy because of cell phone, bro. People want instant gratification. Right. Right? Right. You could stream that live right now, where I have to take this home and I have to edit it, right? Right. If you want to put it on social media, that's awesome. It's perfect. But if you want to blow it up into something like that, you're going to need this. Right. But then you ask yourself, how many people are willing to do that, right? Right. And there's so many people that are doing so much. How does a photographer stand out with that much white noise? You know what? I don't do it as a living. It's a hobby. Yeah. So I have the luxury, thank baby Jesus, to cover whatever I want, get paid whatever. It's not going to affect my bottom line. Right. Right? So I don't know. To be honest with you, I wouldn't know how they, somebody else would, you know, cover it. What's the favorite picture you've taken? My favorite photo? That you've taken. And you're like, hands down, this is a fucking masterpiece. Okay. And if you don't like it, then you don't understand photography. Well, here's the thing, bro. To me, the way I personally see it, it's open to what you feel, right? If, I, if, I'm, if I'm 
getting paid by the client, the only person I care that wants that photo and is happy with it is the client. That's it. I don't care about likes on social media. I don't care about popularity. If I feel something for that photo and I cover it the way that I want, I did my job, man. It doesn't matter. I'm asking you your personal My personal? Gen. Well, check this out. Because every artist has something that they're like, no, this is it. This is what I like to do. All right, right now the photographer is showing us pictures of nature. He's got a hawk. So I parked and had lunch. And this bad boy popped out. Wow, that's a great right? picture. That's a coyote? Yeah. Wow, and where? These in are India? all additional to where I'm from. This India. is This is actually thermal. It's a small uh, town. It's right next to Coachella Fest, bro. I'll put it's it to so you that hot, way. It's right across it, the street. It's so hot they call it Thermal. Oh, all the names down there. Uh, thermal, Mecca, Oasis. Um, well, those are basically, but, but um, yeah, it's the Arab uh, influence is down there. There's a lot of palm trees, dates. Sure. So, so like, like this. Those are right? vultures. These are turkey hawks, yes. It's a hawk or a vulture? Or uh, a, a vulture, I'm sorry, a That's turkey right. vulture. Yeah, you're right. This is what I love. So the only reason why I noticed this guy is because it was a crow making a lot of noise, right? So I stopped and I looked over and the crow was trying to scare the hawk to leave the rabbit that he had just killed. Wow. Right? So he just showed us a hawk that's got a, a, a sizable rabbit in its talons. And this rabbit, it's, it's a cottontail, yeah. right? Because it has a white little furry tail. Now the jackrabbits, they can get about this big. Right. They're huge. I used to shoot jackrabbits on the Apache Reservation. Look at that, you can see the meat that a rabbit So meat. that's the difference between a cell phone and a camera. Right? That's the difference. So you're able to see in depth, right? Right. He, he blow he, it up and it right, doesn't get it fuzzy. It doesn't fuzzy, right? Where a cell phone will. But for social media, you don't care. You don't need it. Because you're not going to blow it up, right? right. So it does its job. It, it did its purpose. Right. Right? So this bad boy, right? I followed this guy. I, I must have shot him maybe 1,500 times. This guy will shoot 14 frames per second. And I had a one, not this lens, I had a 150 by 600 millimeter lens with me. A gigantic bazooka. Right. So I just pulled over, took it out, and just fired away, man. This to me was Nirvana. This to me was Nirvana. Like, Why? This is, this is God. What right makes that Nirvana for you? Why? This? Because this is nature. This is raw. This is real. And God blessed me with the opportunity to capture that and not interfere with that at all. So this guy doesn't know that I'm there. I'm not making it deviate from whatever it no normally would have done. It's doing, right? But I'm able to capture that. And I'm able to share it with you and you and anybody else that sees it. You love it, you like it, great. You don't, that's cool, brother. Ain't no big thing, right? To me, a photograph is like a time machine, right? You capture something that you'll be able to go back forever and ever and ever. Man, look at the passion. And you're gonna, you're gonna remember, like, I remember where I was. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what I was thinking. I remember I cried. Because it was that definitely cool. Check this out. Peeing in a bush. Check this out. 
scratching itself. Look at his tongue. It's one of the things I love about like coyotes, foxes, and wolves. Like when they're on their own and they're doing their thing, they'll just have to look at that owl, bro. So I didn't know this, but out in the Salton Sea, right, mm-hmm. there's burrowing owls. Now, everybody thinks owls are nocturnal and they only live at, at come out at nighttime. That's not true. These burrowing owls are out during the day and they hunt during the day and they live in the ground. That's crazy. Look at those eyes. Wow. This one, uh, I'll show you another coyote. This is uh, a. What are some things that you learn about coyotes uh, being with them like you are or observing them? Um, they, they're either going to be by themselves or in a pack. And they're going to be in a pack when they're younger. When they're older, they're on their own, right? Um, and you have to remember that they have to have quite a few miles of, of space that pertains just to them because the jackrabbit isn't out there as much. Right. There's not that many anymore as it was before. Right. So it's going to have to find food to sustain itself. And if it has pups, here's an explanation, right? So I'm driving down the road, and there's palm tree field, hundreds of palm trees. And I happen to see this coyote. So I pull over, take my camera out, I aim at it. And this is where she was at a distance. And I know it was her, and I'll tell you why. She was so hungry that she kept zigzagging from palm tree to palm tree to palm tree, coming closer to me. Always going over, then looking over, then coming over, then looking over, going to a palm tree, then looking over. And I know she was hungry because she had teats. She's got teats. She was nursing. So she was nursing. So she's that hungry because man isn't good to these animals, right? Some states, they'll even pay you $25 for a pelt of a coyote. They're considered to be... um, Invasive species. It doesn't matter. No, no, not invasive because, because they were there to begin with. We came in, right? But it doesn't matter. Like if they were gone, they don't care. So you're not going to get in trouble. Pass. Right, basically, right? So this day... Look at that. This day, she caught two squirrels. And the whole time she's zigzagging, coming closer and closer and closer. Yeah. But nature, to me, nature is a So where can people go to see your nature photos? Um... Uh, it's uh, Instagram. It's adrift on the wave. Adrift on the wave. Yeah. All right, you guys on Instagram. Got that. Yeah, we have a podcast, the Our Luck Show. We got oh, a, right a on. Lot of listeners. Cool, yeah, yeah. No worries. So check this out. This young lady. Yeah. She's 44 years old, and she said that like she wasn't getting gigs because they thought she was too old, right? So I photograph Flocorico dancers, which are the Mexican dancers, right? And this is uh, Veracruz. The style of dress is Veracruz. So I dressed her up, right? And I like Frida Kahlo, right? Mm-hmm. So I dressed her up like Frida, and I took her to a alfalfa field. The only thing I used in these photos was one light. My assistant had one light overhead shooting down at her to simulate sun. This wasn't photoshopped. The only thing I did was brighten up a little bit and sharpen. That's it, right? Look at her. 
Beautiful. Right? So cool. The colors, I don't know. Yeah, it just gets yeah. me. But yeah, bro, in regards to like photos, what, if it makes you feel something, then it did its job, man. Yeah. And if you appreciate it, and if you go out and decide, hey, I want to do that too, go ahead. There's plenty of room for everybody, man, right? There's different styles. It doesn't matter. Like uh, um, I photographed Tony Hawk. They went to Palm Springs, um, and they, um, what is it, Delgato Classic, like maybe four years ago, they were out there, Yeah. and I, I got to photograph them, fantastic, man. You grow up skating, yeah? Yeah. And, and you remember, and then you actually get legend. to see these guys, right? Yeah. That's beautiful, right? And you see little kids with their dads, and you remember their dads are my age, right? And so you remember when when you were in high school and like how that made you feel, right? Mm -hmm. And now they passed it on to their kid and they're able to share that experience together, right? right it's on. all about a good, positive experience, basically, right? What's your name? Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. Chumahan. Nice to meet you, bro. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Right on. So you guys are... Yeah, we're going to... Hard luck show. Hard right luck on. show. We, we're going to come down here. We're going to be here all day just covering all the different aspects, the sights and sounds. Of... Let me take your picture, man. Yeah. The guy actually hit us up to say that there were certain aspects of it. He wanted to make sure he didn't mention certain groups of people in Mexico because he didn't want to have any trouble. And I, I told him, I go, hey, I don't think you talked about any of that stuff. Did he ever talk about? Oh, me? really? Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yeah. Did he talk to anybody, uh, any any um, special interest groups in Mexico? I, I don't remember him saying anything about that. I don't either. He's like, oh, I don't want to put my family on the endangered species list. I was like, what? Right. Everyone's always in the middle of like, oh, I don't know. Something. Yeah, you would have thought we were working in intelligence. Meanwhile, we're just at a car show in San Diego. Right. Okay. So then after Caesar, by the way, Caesar was a fantastic guy. I mean, right. he, went in, he went in deep. He said he lives his whole life to take pictures of the coyotes out in India. And he showed us some right. dope ass fuck. The burrowing owl. Remember that? Yes. Most owls, they say, are at night. This one's during the day. <laughs> they call him a day owl. Okay. Then after that, we talked to Bobby himself, right? When he got a set up with his man, David DeBach. I got it. David, do you know where you want us to be set up? Yeah. For like two seconds. Uh, we just parked it around the block, so okay. we can just go get it and bring it, but we need to figure out. Yeah, that was cool, though. I mean, I saw you out there getting that. What do they call it? Local color? Out right. there getting that ambiance. Right. And then they took us over, walked us over. Right. To about graciously. Like eight, eight, yeah. Walked us over graciously. I don't know. You took out with Ray. Oh, okay. I'll be back. That gentleman was showing us his uh, car afterlife. Yeah, mural. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, my friend painted that car in his garage. Ooh, like about 20 years ago. Is he the gentleman that came up from Mexico to do it? No. Uh, actually, I don't know if you guys know who Sal Manzano is. He's a tattoo artist and painter. But his friend down in Ensenada painted those murals. Right. So my friend painted that car in his garage, and then my other friend took the car down to Mexico and the murals down. Yeah, that's beautiful. He said he had another one called Taste of Honey. Yeah, he still has that. Excuse me. What's up? Pretty good out here, huh? Yeah, it's looking great. 
kind of partial to the trucks myself. Yeah, I like the trucks. That's my flavor. So, you guys have a couple options, man. Okay. You can go in this room, all right, or you can go. Who? How many guys? How many of there is it going to be? I mean, it's going to be just us, and then all the guests that come through. Oh, okay. We don't need a necessarily a large, large space unless. POD or whoever comes yeah, in. Um, or you could have this space. And this is the audio engineer, oh, Blue Eyes, so oh. you're the one that kind of is going to make a determination. Is there going to be a DJ right here? Yes, you don't, that's too loud then, probably. Yeah. This one is possibly open too. Okay. For that first one I showed you. Probably. Uh, there's another space up there. Yeah, that would be good. So let me show them both to you. Eight different locations, all of which are right next to the DJ, and we're trying to do a podcast. Right, exactly. I'm watching your eyes glaze over. Oh which, I li when I listen back to the recordings, it actually sounds okay. You can still hear it, but it doesn't sound... You know, when you're in there, it sounds like it's fucking in your skull. Right. And then we set upstairs. We had to walk by those dudes from... Fuck, I think they were called the Impala Club. Uh, chapter. Oh yeah, Man, yeah. 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 Those are cool dudes. I ain't trying. Right. To, I ain't trying. No. Hey, dispenser, disculpe. Trying to start no beef. Those dudes were cool. Yeah. And then uh, we were upstairs there, and uh, I think we did a little chat up up in there. Yeah, we did with uh, Chato. No, but before that, didn't we do a summary up there? We did. Beetroot fingers. Did we? I just look at you staring off into space, thinking about that sound. Like I don't think the li get over it. I don't think the listeners understand, but like for Sean, this is like having a Cadillac, but then driving on a cobblestone. Right, road. exactly. He's like trying to forget about it. He's trying to just go with the flow, and all he can hear is this vibrating bass. Yeah, I can feel it in the floor. It's just like yeah, we're like right now inside of like a wood warehouse. Um, it's all clapboard walls with these like steep, steep steps that look like they're going into a serial killer. And then down below us, he's just wall-to-wall -wall fucking sick-ass classic cars of every shade of color. And he's fucking chromed-out fucking motorcycles with like the kind of... Engraved. They're like engraved and super, super, super detailed. Yeah, like the engraving is almost like what you would see like on a on a on a on like, a cowboy boot. Yeah, like a belt buckle. Right. Yeah, like a nice bicycle jeweler belt buckle. Lowrider bicycles. Yep. yep. Fucking, and then tons of car clubs. Which, from what I can gather, it's like little pods, like little communities of, of people with folding chairs, like little neighborhoods. They have folding chairs. There's yeah. generally one guy that's in charge who's got a cane. And he's talking to everybody else, and then you just sort of, like, sit around and talk. Buy a real cool-ass fucking sick car. Right. And that's sort of what it is. It's kind of like, uh, it seems like a, a beer drinking club, right? 
like your price for entry is a sick ass ride. Right, right. You know? And we talked to Robert Baca, the sixty-nine-year-old security guard who's going to call the cops in case there's if any if he. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This guy's security. And you're probably going to hear... Or a yeah. quick little interview with him. He Hello, was in sir. a car club. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Pretty great. Yeah? I'm the security thing. You're security? Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Also belong in a car club like this. Do you? What car club? Latin Lowriders. They're not here, but... Mm-hmm. What do you think of these cars? They're good. I mean, they, I would like to see some of the uh, other Latin Lowrider cars, like another car club, too. Right. See, Latin Lowrider's been... I think it's the oldest car club around. In, in California in San, or San Diego? Or California. Latin Lowriders? Latin Lowriders. How long have they been a club? Well, I've been in it for 10 years. I'm mm-hmm. still active. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just had their 50th anniversary, so yeah. Wow. wow. So this, well, I think they were here before all these, uh, I know, uh, might be with group or the Majestics, one of them too. Right. I think they were in 87. We were two years back. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have a classic car yourself? I did. I had a 66 Chevy Nova. Mm-hmm. Two-door hardtop. Mm-hmm. Lifted all the way around. What happened to it? Wrecked it. <laughs> yeah? Partying too much. Oh, that'll do it. I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm going to Albuquerque in, I say, two months. And they're going to give me a 32 Ford. Right. Then I'm going to come back out. So here you're just kind of here working the security, right? Yeah. What are you looking for in terms of danger? Uh, if there's danger that I could probably handle, I'll do it myself, but I'm supposed to call the cops or right. whatever. Right. Uh, but I'm, I mean, old, I'm old school, so I'm so 69 years old, so I've been around the block more than once. Right. And how long did it take you to grow that beard, man? That's a bodacious that's beard. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, we're looking at a man that's got a beard that looks like it's got the wisdom of Moses in it. Man, I want to get it down to here. Mm-hmm. I've had it for maybe two months, two months and a half. Right. I grow it quick. Wow. What, what cal- if I cut it off, I'm going to grow the mustache all the way down to here. Uh, right. Okay. Right. Uh, and uh, what caliber handgun would, could you pack in that beard? <laughs> Probably a thirty-two, uh, thirty-two little snub, snub nose. Right on. All right. Maybe Wait. a couple of switchblades here. All right, man. If I see any trouble, I'm gonna let you know. All right. Thank Have you good. very much. And, uh, we right. talked to him. He looked kind of like a Latin Jerry Garcia. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Get that beard. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought he was just gonna start dropping acid and playing like Santana. He's he's probably six months from joining ZZ Top. He's. I mean, if. Six months from joining ZZ Top, three months for being a roadie. Like, yeah, he's probably... Yeah. In three months, he could definitely be a roadie. Right. Yeah. Like, carrying cable somewhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For ZZ Top. Easily. Easy. Not even... I mean, he I fits mean, the bill. I mean, he, he might even be able to join now, 
but on the on the underling program supporting the roadies right he and could, then he could intern yeah, he, could he could intern, intern with, with the roadies, roadies right yeah get school credit right and then eventually turn that into an assistant three months easily Easy. right yeah. have access to all the free fucking concert t-shirts you want right right yeah and get the throwaway chicks from the roadies right so <laughs> <laughs> then we, we so yeah we went around we did some pre-dawn interviews before the party started because we all we kind of knew that the sound was going to be full of yeah. uh, summer 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 time mm-hmm. right and um it's so interesting because you never know like who you're gonna you know i'll tell you something just so the listener knows you know when we talk to different people like sean and i don't really have a plan we just come around the corner right and then we just see like a weird fucker and we're like hey what's that guy all about then we go up and start talking to him we rolled over to uh we talked we can't even disclose his name right because he's connected or whatever actually we can't play the interview why because he said he didn't want to be recorded (sighs) yeah but who is he i don't know he said people would know so we can't play that? We can't. Not if he said if we, he didn't want to be recorded. Man. You know what we could do? What? We could have someone come in and read his lines and reenact it. We should do that. If you're a listener and you want to do some voiceover yeah. acting. Yeah, contact us yeah, because contact us. you can be the connected no-name guy that's not even allowed to leave the country remember like yeah. every other comment he was like i can't leave the country right. and i didn't even ask him why i'm trying to figure out his car he must be uh on the uh no fly list or something uh, yeah it was weird and then i was like well no i mean it wasn't even no fly like he were we're in san diego so oh, we're like can't. five feet from tijuana and he can't even go across the border that's true I mean, the only time that I know that people can't leave the country is if they got a case. Yeah, a case pending. Yeah. Or they're on parole. That's true, too. Yeah. I mean, he'd have to ask for permission. They could give it, but he wasn't. Let's go ask him. Let's go. Hey, are you on parole? Are you on parole, dude? You know, I don't know how to say. I wish we should probably run this by Steve, but it's like there's something weird about a guy that tells you that he's connected like every other sentence. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we were out there, he's like, oh, hey, people know who I am. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I don't, I, I feel like the guys that I really know that are really like that, you, ne- you never hear that from them. They never yeah. say to you, like, oh, people know who I am. You think maybe it's a level thing? Like, maybe the people that are at a certain level tell you they're connected. And they really are connected in that level. But once you get above a certain level, you're, you don't say anything because you... I mean... Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, so when I read um, Murder Machine, right? Okay. In there, there are levels to getting connected to the mob, right? Right. You got dudes that have big houses in nice neighborhoods that you don't know they're connected. Right. They're not telling their... But they're like way up high. Right. And if you're their neighbor, you have no idea, right? You might not. No. Unless Absolutely they're not. They're in. not. No, no one's bringing work over to the house. Right. Then it's from there. And this is only East Coast. So this is only what I read there. Right. Underneath that, you got a couple of guys who are like, so you got the president, right? Then down below that, you got a governor. 
And then even the governor doesn't really tell you like. It's really called a governor? No, I'm just oh, yeah, yeah. using that as levels. It's like you know, capo tutti de capo right, 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 and right. consigliere right, and oh right. uh, you know, whatever those names. I have no right. idea. Right. Okay. And no, no disrespect. So the scoop. <laughs> dispenser. So when you go down those, right, then you get to like a, a, you know, like a mayor. Now the mayor, he might not verbally say I'm with somebody, right? But he acts like he is. And you pretty much know he is because he's making his body language is such as like, you know, don't fuck. He might be a little bit more flamboyant just because he's. Yeah, it might be part of scaring people into doing whatever. Right. Okay. Then under that guy. Whoever that, the boss, like there's boss and then there's like, you know, yeah, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Then under that guy, you might have a, one more, like a lieutenant. He's definitely connected. He's a made dude. Each made dude has like either soldiers or semi legit people working for him. Now, those soldiers, those se- aren't made guys, those are not made guys, right? And those dudes might be amping up the story about how connected they are, even though they are kind of because they are doing work with a made guy. Right. And they're working with that guy, at least in the book, they're working with the made guy in the hopes that one day they'll get made. Right. And believe it or not, it's a lot of politics that go into that. And you have a ton of stories of guys that thought they should have been made like 10 years ago and they never got made. Fuck, right? right? Goodfellas. Tommy, they right. thought he was going to finally get his name in the book and be made and they just fucking capped him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy that we were talking to, I mean, he's not Italian though. Well, but b- same system. Romance language. But the right. thing of it is is, well, I don't know if it's the same system, but he was telling us in such a way that similar system. What he was telling us was something to the effect of like, "Hey, like I can't hack, you can't take pictures. I, right. I I'm known around here." Right. And you know, in those kind of deals, it's like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, what am I going to say? Like, really? You know? Yeah. Every question I asked that dude, too, dude, was like, so, you know, explain, like, what, why is this mural here? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, you know. <laughs> I'm like, why do you? Right. Right. And, and by the way, how long were we talking to him before he asked us if this was going to be on TV? That's true. Oh, he said TV. <laughs> he did say, I didn't even bother trying to straighten him out on that. I mean, ten minutes, right? And, and it's not like we have it hidden. We're not. We're not right. wired. I mean, it's a big ass fucking microphone. A boom mic. It's a, it's a, a shotgun, shotgun mic. Right. It's a. And I'm sitting there with a handheld recorder that's got blowing right. lights you on it. Like two two times recording. Right. Dub- we're, you know, double. Both of us are holding the recorder. Right. With lights on it. Yeah. And he's like telling us all the stuff, and then at some point he's like. He's like what? Are you recording me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, ah, all right. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we don't need to do that interview now. We just laid out exactly. We just, yeah, we said exactly what he. But he had a cool story. And he had a fucking sick car. His car was sick. Dope. I mean, just savage um, uh, murals on it. It it had like a panel of mirrors that wrapped around the entire car. Yeah, and they went inside the door. Frame. It's just amazing car. Beautiful. Amazing. Dark blues and purples. Yeah, the pinstripes were fucking super serious. Right. Did he say it was a Cadillac? It was a Cadillac, yeah. That's right. And the imagery was like grave and skulls. Yeah, dude. It was fucking... It was a phenomenal car. It's like... It was like an Undertaker's like... 
Yeah. Nightmare car. Yeah. The Undertaker's nightmare. Bad chicks on the back. Oh. Man, that car and money. is beautiful. Yeah, that was a beautiful car. He yeah. said it just got stolen. Right. Like the week before. Right. And they put it out on their network. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> which and, is which is by it's 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 international because he said he went to some of the Instagram accounts down at Tijuana. Right. And then he said like within like Couple hours, we got a call back. Right. And like, your car is over there. Sorry, dispense it. Disculpa. Like, There's no brakes on it or something. <laughs> I feel like the, there's so much. We've laid out the story so well. If anyone is, is going to interpret, they'll probably know who this guy is. If right. He, if he actually is this here. guy's got a beautiful car. He's an amazing, amazing guy. If he is connected, absolute respect. <laughs> From old blue and if he's not, <laughs> <laughs> go talk to Steve. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> that dude was cool. But uh, and then we went inside and walked around and talked to the photographer Caesar. Yeah, we talked to that sales dude, coffee man. No, we didn't. We're not playing that. Why not? No. Why not? Because he didn't know anything. He didn't know anything. Please. Like, hey, he's like, ah. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking. I love coffee. Coffee's my thing. Oh, do you know about? No, don't know about that. <laughs> That's kind of why I thought that we should play it, because it was like, so, do you like selling shirts? No, no, I no, just not really. Oh no, I mean, uh, I, I. Do you want to go into silkscreen? No, 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 I don't. No, I just do like. I like coffee. Do you know about this? No, I don't really know about that. Beaver? Yeah. Actually, I never heard of Peaberry. Peaberry, the single bean that well, comes in. Then the, tell us, what's the, the best way to drink your coffee? Ah, uh, don't do that either. <laughs> I couldn't answer that Let one for you. Let me ask you this. <laughs> you ever drink that coffee? <laughs> that dude was awesome. Uh, Everything we tried, dude, he was like the opposite. Did you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that little part. Yeah. And, then, uh, really, and then I'm going to put the clip of him saying that in there, so... Okay. Watch, you'll see it. It'll, it'll work out. All right. Yeah. It was fucking hilarious because it was like everything that I was trying to go in a direction to, he right. was shutting it down. It's your time to shine, buddy. Take it away. He was like, nah, I don't really shine. <laughs> nah, nah. I don't shine. <laughs> I'm shining. I quit shining a long time yeah, ago. Good. After I went on a camping trip, and my Boy Scout leader, it right. stopped shining. Hey, buddy, if you're listening right now, I'll give you another opportunity to show your shine. Just come on the show. Listen, let me tell you something. The reason why it's funny to us is because the guy's actually a likable guy. Right. Right? Like, right. I saw him. He sold me the hat. Oh, okay. Right? right? So I walked down there. Everybody else was nervous. Right. He was the only one that came up and was like, what can I get you? And I'm like, give me that camo hat. Right? right. Uh, I'm not, you know, let me pay a full price. I'm not going to do the Bobby discount because, right. God damn it, Bobby's been nice enough. So I thought, fuck it. The least I could do is pay for a hat full price. Right. Jesus Christ. What am I, a cheapskate? Right. All right. So then... I, so, so that guy came over. That's why when we went back over there, I thought, great, we had to talk to him. And, you know, yeah, but I didn't right. realize that he hadn't had any improv classes. <laughs> like, like the first rule of improv is just go with it. Yes, and like whatever. And he was like, I was like, so you like coffee? I love coffee. That's my, my passion, actually. You got to do it old school. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then, uh, so have you ever tried pea berry? Huh? What's that? <laughs> pea berry? Do you ever eat coffee? What, do you, what kind of coffee do you like? Ah, black. <laughs> do you ever drink that coffee that the uh, elephant digested? No. no. They have that? Yeah. 
Let's uh, roam. Yeah, I think we should pick up some more stuff. And then see if we can find someone to bring up back to the room. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. And okay. then we walk down to the floor and we're like, all right, let's go see. We didn't get about three feet until fucking Chata, who was supposed to have come on the show the last time we were in San Diego. Right. I, I mean, I, how do we describe the effect that Chata has on everything? <laughs> and she seems like a, like a local celebrity. Kind of, right? Right. I mean, she, yeah. Like, she probably never paid a cover charge in her life. And right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She has a fan club. Right. She probably doesn't pay for coffees much either. Right. She has a fan club and, a, and, and the audience. The kind of chick could get out of, out of a speeding ticket. Easily. Right. Right. Not only get out of a speeding ticket, but get, like, invited over to the officer's grandmother's birthday party. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, she was cool. And she gave us a whole breakdown on, like, the Raza and her rise into local celebrityhood and her artistry. Mm-hmm. And I think she does a, what is typically thought of as a male-dominated job. Maybe we should leave it as a secret. Sure. Uh, male-dominated job uh, that you will be surprised. And she didn't have anybody juice her in, dude. She just fucking took the bull by the horns and fucking stepped into the arena. So if you're sitting there wondering how you can get a male-dominated job, quit being a punk. Just get to work, motherfucker. I'm a in photography. Uh-huh. Um, both modeling and also taking photos okay. and developing them. It's a really intimate process for me. Um, and it's for me, I really enjoy it because I'm able to document and celebrate our lifestyle and our cultures and just kind of tell the story of the community around me that I, I'm able to call my own. Um, How long have you been documenting and, and taking part in like what you consider to be your community, your culture? I would say, so I, I originally started documenting um, the subculture of like the punk and hardcore community back in 2008 and nine. Yeah. With film. And then yeah. I kind of fell off for a little bit. I took a good like two year, three year break. And then uh -huh. I jumped back in um, with the Chicano community and down here in the neighborhood with Logan and Sherman Chicano Park. Yeah. Um, and then with that just comes all of this, you know, the shows and the scene and the, the people, the friends you make along the way. And in the beginning, what was it about? You said, what was it? Hardcore and, and punk, right? <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you why do you smile when I say that? Because <laughs> it's such a youthful thing. To me, like, I laugh because I think of that era of my life and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was just like a teenager, like little kid. It's, yeah. What, what drew you to those movements? Uh, well, they're youth movements. And to me, what I really enjoyed about it was that we, as when I say we, I'm talking about youth, is like we were able to kind of like dictate the direction of it and run it ourselves. And so that was really cool to have that autonomy at that young of an age and be able to decipher, um, you know, what, what we wanted to be a, a part of and how, how we wanted to dictate the, the scene. It's interesting what you say, though, because a lot of youth uh, is followers. Uh -huh. I mean, that's just true, right? You yeah. got people who are paid bazillions of dollars uh -huh. to sit in a room up in corporate to think about what right. to sell to young people. How is it that hardcore and punk 
is able to shift or the young people uh-huh. there are able to avoid that? Well, you know, one thing that I definitely feel has come from hardcore punk, at least for myself, is I, I definitely feel that it's kind of helped me in my adulthood in terms of like the DIY aspect. If you think about like the origins of punk and, you know, that whole genre of music, it's all very do it yourself. You know, there's no studio, there's no corporate managers. This, that, you might other. not even have had to take music lessons. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, that definitely has translated, I think, into this community as well, because within like the lowrider community, especially the origins of it, it was all very do it yourself. You know, you, you cut it yourself, you right. paint it yourself, you, right. or you have friends that can do it and that can show you you know where whereas you know now it's not always the same there's a lot of like bought not built right but, and the origins of it i feel like the origins of like punk and hardcore also fall into the origins of just like resistance culture which low riding and chicanoism is in many ways a part of like resistance culture well, how do you define resistance for you for me yeah oh, that's a good question i i guess i really kind of like need to think about that i feel a little bit on the spot <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, we're have that's part of the appeal of the uh-huh. Hard Luck Show is that it's real conversations and yeah. not everything has to be thought out. I mean, we ain't right. live at five. Yeah, we're human beings, uh-huh. right? And we're having a conversation. Yeah. And so you, I like the word resistance. Yeah. Like I'm American Indian. I grew up on a reservation. Okay. Uh huh. I grew up on a reservation. I went to reservation uh-huh. school. What school did you go to? Chief Leshai Elementary. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So. And I'm a descendant of uh-huh. a woman that was sent to boarding school. So I'm familiar. So when I say these things, I'm not saying them to find a nice, neat definition right. for a term like resistance, which is why I said for you, right? Yeah. And you've been living in resistance for how long? Uh, from it, it predates me, you know. I, the same with you. Culturally, yeah. you know, we come from. Uh, uh, ancestral background where resistance is a part of survival, mm-hmm. you know, and so. So I, this is why I'm asking you for you, right? You're yeah. Not tied to it, you can you can yeah. email me and I'll read yeah. a, a new statement. What what does resistance come to mean for you? Resistance to me means like self autonomy, you know, being able to have the power to make decisions for yourself without somebody else coming in to the picture and making choices for me you know um that's interesting that is a theme that comes in this conversation alone i'm gonna say this chata uh-huh. if i may be so blunt, uh, yeah, but please <laughs> that you have said autonomy and making decisions for yourself probably about five times <laughs> so that's a major theme for you uh, <laughs> David Tabaka, does that you recognize that? Of course, oh, man. Oh Lord. Why? Chata, Chata's way ahead of her game, man. Um, I met Chata how many years ago? Oh um, my, I was 22. Yeah, like seven she years was, ago. She was a youngster, and and uh, <laughs> I I um, own uh, Teen Angels magazine, so the Teen Angel brand. Yeah. And it's old school. Teen Angel died in 2015. He was 75 years old. Uh-huh. So Teen Angel was at the forefront of like the Chicano art scene back right. in the 70s and so when I came into it and I started you know uh, putting together art shows and and uh, promoting Teen Angel as an artist and what he stood for I was kind of doing it to educate the young Chicanos and and the young people what was happening back in the days you know showing them who this guy was that led that scene and Chata came to me and she was young and she was all about it she knew about it and she was into it and so she's stuck with me ever since then. She's been like my assistant, uh-huh. and uh, she knows, you know, she knows everything. So 
uh, Chata is kind of like my connection to the young Chicanos. Although she, in 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 my perspective, she's ahead of the game because right. from the beginning when she came to me, it wasn't like uh, she was coming to me because it was in and it was popular, because it wasn't in and popular. Mm-hmm. She just knew about it and she wanted to know more about it and she wanted to be about it and you know it was something that was in her heart. It wasn't something that she was just doing to try to be popular. And so she stuck with me this whole time and she's you know does shows with me she helps me curate exhibits she's helped me put together books and magazines so right she knows what's happening it's it's good i'm older so it's good to have someone like her around who's more in touch with the, the younger young younger chicano scene right so it's interesting too because i think bobby uh bobby bobby tribal tribal uh streetwear brand tribalgear.com a uh, good friend of mine, he took me and showed me some Teen Angel stuff. He's got by his office. Yeah, that's my office. Is that your office? <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to jump out there and yeah. say that, but he's like telling me about his buddy's office and it had all this Teen Angel shit laid yeah. out. It was fucking dope. Yeah. I was like, I was like, so what are, what are you guys going to do with this stuff? Like, this is very in, 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 yeah. like, authentic, real, the fucking all kinds of beautiful artwork back there yeah so Teen Angel was like you know he was like the godfather of like low rider art back in the 70s because there was no artists that were actually doing this art and making a living doing it now you have all kinds of artists you know, right. now it's popular now it's mainstream right. it's easy to get into it Right. but back in the 70s man you couldn't just say hey I'm a low rider artist I need a job so you know he went to Lowrider Magazine, he became the artist for the magazine. And uh, How did he do that? Do you know? I actually, he sent some artwork to them. And there wasn't really anybody, you know, any real good artists that were sending stuff to the magazine at that time. Right. So they reached out to him and they connected with him. And, and you know, after that it was history. He, he quit his job, you know, working down in, he was in San Bernardino. He quit his job there and went up, moved up to Northern California to work for the for Lawyer magazine. So basically, then he just took a risk and said, there wasn't some career path laid out no. for that dude. There no. was no online master class, no. right? You learn yeah. from the masters, yeah. pay five ninety nine a month. He just fucking did it. Yep. Wow. And so he did that for a while, and then uh, he probably must have been with the magazine up until the early eighties, and then he uh, moved. Ended up moving back to San Bernardino, uh-huh. and. Uh, carrying on with Teen Angels magazine so so Chata so is that a name you picked for yourself since you're somebody who likes to make your own choices were you given that name what's 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 tell us about the Um, name so the name originally I would say kind of came from my older sisters trying to tease me Um, and then also just as time went on me kind of like being like okay well I'm gonna like you know take it back but it, it also kind of comes from I started using it when I was like signing like art or stuff like that because I didn't want to use I don't want to use my government name um, right and so as I got older and I started doing art I took it back again um, but also I feel like it pays homage to an older cousin of mine that like I always looked up to when I was yeah. a kid um, we call her Tita but it's really Chatita um, so hmm. that's that's what it that's kind of like where it comes from it's interesting that a lot of names sometimes start out with like a teasing or a negative aspect yeah. and then eventually it becomes your own personal yeah. brand. Mm-hmm. Right? Thank you. Right? <laughs> um, and so you said photography. Uh-huh. And then what's the other art that you do? Um, illustration. 
Uh, yeah. Pretty much anything that I can get my hands on to try and do, like, I, I'm with it. Whether it's, like, resin art, illustration, um, like, clay. I'm, I, I would say that I'm, I can be a jack-of-all-trades, but, like, master of few. <laughs> right. <laughs> you and know? In this, listen, in today's world, but probably since the dawn of time, uh-huh. right? For a woman. Uh-huh. Right? And what can you tell other women it takes to, you know, not just survive, but, like, make choices for yourself and not get, have men respect you it, in this space? Uh-huh. What's uh, that journey like for you? For me, a lot of it is about self-respect. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no one's going to respect you unless you really start respecting yourself. Kind of like how you can't expect to like love somebody or be in a healthy relationship if you don't love yourself and if you're not healthy with yourself. Um, so I would say self-respect, um, having courage, you know. The, the truth is, it's like a lot of people like to think that, you know, where we're at right now is like a male-dominated community. But I've never come across anybody in my groups and in my circles that have ever treated me different because of my gender. Nobody tried to Harvey Weinstein you? No, I'm, I'm too slick. You can too see that slick, coming from a mile away. Yeah, so um, self-respect, um, <laughs> not being like scared to ask for help or even like viewing yourself different. Like when I step into these spaces, I don't think that I'm less than, I don't think of myself as a female when I step into these spaces. I think yeah. of myself as a human, you know, human to human. Um, so I, I would say that. And then also, you know, I guess if I am thinking from gender perspective, I would say just be the person that you looked up to or that you needed as a child. You know, it's interesting you say those things because we just had a lady on named Clever. Uh-huh. She was a lady that did uh, business and sales, right, with her family out in MacArthur Park for a long time. I mean, she tells these stories about how her sister took her to kindergarten strapped. And she talks about, right, the police and other folks and their approach to her because of that she was a woman. Everything from crossing boundaries and violating her all the way to not wanting to take direction and all those other kinds of things. It's very interesting because she wasn't, she's not, and you know, when I talk to her, you know, today right now, very much in the forefront is a lot of gender discussion. Like, what's a man? What's a woman? Right? right. And people get caught up in that. But she wasn't caught up in that. It really was, that part of it wasn't as a big a deal to her as was the decision she was making for her own family or her own life or eventually her own children. And she, it's interesting because she was in some ways what you would call stereotypically um had some whatever you would what people would associate with men decisions that she made right and yet she had children and she never thought like oh i'm just fulfilling some role that society played for me because i'm a, uh, i'm having children right that didn't stop her from doing all the she didn't see any contradictions no. in that yeah so for you when you say self-respect what does that look like for chata what does self-respect look like for chata Self-respect looks like um, working fair and square for the positions and opportunities that I have. It also looks like not, um, (laughs) I guess, um, blurring any lines or boundaries or using um, like my gender or sexuality as a means to open doors. Right. Um, Self-respect looks like treating everybody, you know, the way I want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And... um, 
Yeah, I mean, it looks like a lot of different things, but off the top of my head, that's that's kind of what I could. That makes sense. Then let me ask you this last question. For you, what is your vision of what you you want in the future? Serious. That's Let's not fuck around. Let's not fuck so, around. So in the, in the future. Ladies, yeah, what do you want? Like, there's a lot of young people that will be listening to this thinking mm -hmm. about, here's a strong woman, right, mm -hmm. that's in the journey of her quote-unquote career, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Who knows? But what's your vision? Well, I think first and foremost, health is well. So in my future, you know, I would like to be healthy um, or continue to be healthy um, emotionally physically uh socially you know like relationships friendships family um i'm also right now in process of getting out of my regular occupation and transitioning into just being an artist you know so being what's able your to, regular occupation i'm a union iron worker what so, does that mean so i'm a welder and i just do a lot of different like structural like she goes up on the tall buildings construction man. do people ever ask you about flash dance yeah, I hear it all the time. <laughs> yeah. What's the secret to welding? The secret to welding? Patience. Patience. You're not afraid to be that close to the fire, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once you get burned a couple of times, you, you learn. Where, where Have you been burned? Oh, absolutely. Every Anyone that welds has been, been burned. What's the worst you've been burned? Um, nothing too bad because I wear a lot of, like, PPE personal protective equipment sure but, but i've definitely you know had them hit me in spots where it's more scars? sensitive did you get scars no, absolutely not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely very not. interesting so welding and is that a family trade no how did you get into it i'm crazy you just said fuck it they were yeah. like now hiring over a welding shop and you just walked in uh not that simple but kind of yeah <laughs> and like what kind of things do you weld ships and shit no i so i do all like con construction welding so sure. i've done a lot of like the like condos and skyscrapers in downtown San Diego. Um, I am familiar with rebar, but f rebar. That's 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 hard work. Right. That's hard work. Anybody you, that does that, I respect it. It's hard. Have you ever had to weld way up high on like a high rise floor? Yeah, absolutely. I um I think the first time that I had to was I was working on the Pachanga expansion back in 2016-17. Yeah. Um, and I was I was pretty high up. It was like 15 floors and 15 doesn't sound like a lot but once you're up there it's you know that's just like when you like, but i like it right when you're like going like cliff diving or whatever and you, in the water you look up and you're like ah that's what's that and then as soon as you get up there and you walk out to the edge of the cliff and look yeah. down 15 floors is actually a long way up. you know the thing is is it's like every every big building i've been on you know it's like you get used to it but it's never the first time out there is never easy. The first time out there, you're always just kind of looking around like, okay. But then once it settles, once the dust settles, then, you know, it's just, it just is what it is, you know? And you feel free, you know, when you're up high and you get to see these dope views and right. enjoy the city in ways that other people maybe won't have the opportunity. Hey, do you ever bring your camera up under your welding equipment and take photos on you top of what? high rises? No. That would be dope. Yeah, I mean, it would be, but yeah. You I'm, know. I'm, I'm I'm about to time out, so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, is there anywhere that somebody can see your work, Chata? Um, right now, just Instagram. Okay. Instagram what? Uh, let me look. Yeah, I, look. All I right. Always, always David, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let, you gotta mentor her on self promotion. <laughs> oh man, she she mentors me, man. <laughs> I'm too old. She's like, 
you gotta post, man. You gotta do this. So Chata <laughs> schools me. So right. me. Where do you go, Chata? So you could go to at Chata underscore S D X C A Instagram. All right, that sounds yeah. good. You got a big thumbs up from Blue Eyes. And by the way, if you saw old Blue Eyes' face making wind faces during the thing, it's because uh-huh. he's an audio nerd and he's listening yeah. to the ambient sound and he's worried about how it's going to come across on the it's, record. No, it's all good. That's what I tell it's him. It's all good. That's it, yeah. Well, maybe yeah. you'll listen to Chata and not Chumahan. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Of it was course. great to get your story. Thank you. Thank you, David. We'll right be talking on, to you further, I'm sure, yeah. throughout the day. Do it again, man. All right. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Alright guys, so there we have it That's round one But that wraps it up for this show I'm sorry about all the audio issues The interference noise The music in the background But bear with us We still got a ton of stuff to go through I hope you'll join us next time For episode two Of the SD Car Show But like we do about this time Adios From the Harlem Show